and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Can we turn in our Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Luke? Uh, We're going to read a few verses this morning from Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 1, verse 5. We're going to read a short story of uh, the birth of John the Baptist, parents, of course, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. When you have it, can I have a good amen? amen? When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. Who believes they are righteous this morning? Careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. And they were both very old. And when the Bible says you're very old, <laughs> doesn't just say old. <laughs> it says very old. <laughs> I just noticed that for the first time. One day, <laughs> Zechariah was serving God in the temple <laughs> for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Verse 12, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed as he would be, with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Who knows that to be true? Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. And here it is. And you are to name him John. Everyone say John. John. Who knows a John? Verse 57, when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had been merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they came, uh, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zachariah. After his father, but Elizabeth said, No, his name is verse 61. What? They exclaim, There is no one in all of your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately, his mouth was open and his tongue loose and he spoke, praising God. Alison and I have two kids. Tori, who's 19, Wade, who's 16. Tori is the most awesome daughter in the history of humanity. She has never given us any trouble. The worst that Tori has ever done is leave clothes on the floor. Outside of that, 
I would say that's about it. Or after youth on a Friday night, going to McDonald's with the youth leaders and staying at McDonald's way too late when Pastor Brad needs his sleep. That's about it. (laughs) Wade, Wade is very close to his mum, extremely close. In fact, I'm convinced that one day when Wade gets married, Alison's going to be standing right there next to him (laughs) as the best man. That's how close they are. (laughs) A little bit jealous of the relationship, but thankful to God all at the same time. Wade is very tall and uh, extremely passionate about his basketball. Tori, on the other hand, her greatest passion is her youth ministry and her life group. She loves serving young people, loves serving under Jackson and Alyssa's leadership. Wade has a soft heart uh, and Tori's got a little bit more of a leadership driven bent to her. Wade, on the other hand, he loves cuddles with his mum on the couch. (laughs) Come on, boys, it's okay to cuddle your mum. Don't stress out. God is good. (laughs) Now, before our children were born, we were somewhat settled in our hearts of what we were going to name our children. Like all parents, you kind of wrestle a little bit. I'm sure you had three or four names that perhaps were ringing in the background that you were discussing with your spouse. And Alison and I were the same, but we knew that when our kids were born, we knew straight away, yes, that name that we chose, we are settled on. It's kind of what we felt in our hearts as a conviction to name our children. Come on, parents, who, who remembers those days when you felt it in your heart, this is what we are going to name our child. We name our children based on a conviction. We name our children based on a desire that we sense or feel in our heart. My mother-in-law has had such an impact on the lives of people through her pastoral care that over the last couple of years, she's had three babies named after her, Joan. So if you're a pastoral care person, impact that you have on people's lives may not be public, but behind the scenes, you are truly making a great difference for Jesus. Sometimes there are names that are given to children simply because we want to honour a family member, which is fantastic, which is great and brings that solidarity together and connects us as a family unit. In the Bible, It's interesting to note the names that were given to children were associated with, I suppose you could say, varying circumstances. Sometimes a name was given to a child because simply of the way that the child looked. Esau literally means hairy. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob means one who grabs at the heel. Simply what happened at the birth. Sometimes a name is given to describe the child. Laban, for example, means white and blonde. Sometimes a name is given to describe the parent's joy. For example, Saul and Samuel both mean asked for. It was something that was granted to by God. 
Sometimes the name was a declaration of the parents' faith. Elijah, for example, means Yahweh is my God. And in a time of Baal worship, it was a statement of faith from his parents that Yahweh is our God. Sometimes there were name changes in the Bible to describe a changing character or destiny. You know, for example, Abram was eventually changed to Abraham. Sarah or Sarai was changed to Sarah. Saul to Paul. Hadassah to Esther was a change in destiny, a change in character. Now, in the story that we read this morning, we read a story of really when you actually look at it and you look at it in detail, it is a story of the naming of a child. And so in all the things that were going on, of course, we know it's John the Baptist, John the Baptist, the forerunner to Jesus Christ. It's about this name that was given. Interesting to note, when you actually read the story, we see something of an insight into Jewish culture of how a name was actually given. And Verse 58 of Luke chapter one gives us a sneak preview and it says, and her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy to her, that is to Elizabeth, and they rejoiced with her. So the Bible is trying to show us this communal event at the birth of John the Baptist. Now, some Bible commentators actually tell us that Uh, this was such an important occasion in Jewish culture that not only were the neighbours and relatives involved, but there would be local musicians that would come uh, because of the birth of the child and they broke into music and song and there was this flood of congratulations and rejoicing. Now, we see that in the story that we've read that when the child was eight days old, it actually came time to name the child. And so we see that the child would go through the process, being a boy of circumcision, to introduce them to the commonwealth of Israel. And in verse 59, watch this, it says, when the baby was eight days old, they all, watch, the people, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. Watch this. They, not Zacharias and Elizabeth, the community, they wanted to name him Zachariah after his father. So the naming of the child did not just come from the parents. It says they wanted to name him Zachariah after his father. This was a community, a communal event in the naming of this child. Well, verse 60 tells us, that Elizabeth said, no, his name shall be called John. Then in verse 61, the people get upset. What? Question mark. They exclaim, they again, the group, the people, the community. There is no one in all your family by that name. Now talk about a family drama in the naming of a child, this is it right here. A community upset 
that Zachariah and Elizabeth want to name their child John because traditionally a baby boy would be named after the father or someone else in close proximity to the family and the relatives, the community are insisting that his name actually be called Zachariah after the name of his dad. And Elizabeth says, no, his name shall be called John. Now these people, they get upset. They get so upset that they discount Elizabeth's objection and think to themselves, A, she's very old. B, she's got new mum hormones. Let's go to the dad and let's see what the dad has to say about this situation. Well, what happens is they go to Zachariah, the dad, they're all arguing. Come on, you've got to picture this family, community drama that's going on over the naming of this child. Well, they go to John, or excuse me, to the dad, Zachariah, and they say, well, what do you want to name the child? Well, in verse 63, he says, uh, get me the writing tablet. He gets his iPad out and look at what the Word of God says. And to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is, come on, his name is John. This entire story, come on, stay with me now, church. This entire story dedicated to a community drama, days of our lives on steroids, about the naming of a child. So much so that they discount the mum and what she had to say and say, let's go ask the dad, he'll know better. How bad is that? What kind of community is that to even say after the mum had said it, that they, they then go, imagine that happening in your family when it came to the naming of your child. You would be upset. I don't want those visitors to come to the hospital anymore. Over for you, close the door. <laughs> they say, his name will be called John. Now, Zechariah, he brings finality to this. They didn't waver. Watch this. They didn't um or ah. They didn't even think about, well, we really like those neighbours two doors down from us. They've been very kind to us over the years. Maybe we should actually listen to them. They were firm. Come on, church. They had a conviction and they said, his name will be, it is, not umming or ahhing, his name is John. So here's my question. Why would the Holy Spirit include, come on, stay with me now. Why would the Holy Spirit include this family drama <laughs> in the Word? when there is so much that goes on in Bible history that we get to see firsthand days of our lives in the Bible. <laughs> this argument between a community and a mum and dad about the naming of 
a child. Now we know a couple of things, and that is Zechariah and Elizabeth had a conviction because they were visited, or Zechariah had a visitation from an angel, the angel Gabriel, and Gabriel said that his name would actually be called John. There are seven people in the Bible whose names were given to them by God. John the Baptist is one of them. Now, we know that this name then was actually, watch this, stay with me now. This is going to come together around Christmas today because some of you are looking at me thinking, what does this have to do with Christmas? A whole heap. We know that the name was actually ordered by heaven. It was ordered by God. And so you've got a mum and dad who've heard something from God, despite what others have said and have said, His name is John. Now, the name John literally means Jehovah is a gracious giver. Jehovah. Jehovah is a gracious giver. And that name brought with it a spiritual composition, a prophetic pathway, if you will. And John's call and his spiritual composition and the ministry that he would have in pointing poor people, excuse me, towards Jesus Christ as Master, as Lord, as Saviour, as God, as King, every time his name was mentioned, that is John, it was a breath to say, Jehovah is a, pointing to Jesus, a gracious giver. He is a gracious giver. Now watch this, stay with me now. Let's say his name was changed to, or they called him, you know what? We've got a good dad in, in Zechariah. He serves in the temple. Maybe we should actually name this baby boy Zachariah. It, it just makes sense. Here's the problem. The problem is, is that Zechariah represented an old religious system. He represented something that was passing away and something new was coming. And what Zechariah Every time his name would be mentioned over that child, people would have been clouded by a religious system. Whereas John, Jehovah, is a gracious giver, is a statement that this baby stands apart from an old, come on church, from an old, I know you're tired, I know it's Christmas. He stands apart from an old religious system. Zachariah and Elizabeth knew something at family and friends, even close friends, close relatives, close neighbours. They knew something that these people didn't know. And the name John had been given to them by God and he had a destiny to fulfil. We know, of course, John, John the Baptist, the forerunner to Jesus Christ. And he would prepare the way for the coming of the King. This name was specific. 
It was God ordained and it was carefully planned in heaven what his name would be. Gotta love your kids. You gotta love the spiritual composition that God has given to them. James says, every good and perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Your child has been carefully scripted in heaven. A spiritual composition given to them by God. No child is an accident. No child is happenstance. That child has, be- has been beautifully knit in the womb by the hand of Jesus. So let me give you a couple of things this morning. I've already stated it. Number one, your child has been shaped by God. This story is here in the Bible to help every parent understand that in the pool of circumstance and situation, your child has been shaped by God. Proverbs chapter 22, verse six says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Who believes that to be true? The problem with this verse though, is it's often misunderstood. People utilise the verse uh, to condemn parents, perhaps who've had a child that's chosen to go in a different direction. I've certainly seen that in other countries, particularly around the world. I sat with a pastor in another country who had lost his ministry because his 18-year-old son chose to walk away from the Lord. And in that particular group of churches, it was a point of condemnation to that pastor because of his son's choice. And they utilised this verse, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. In other words, what they were saying is, you did not train up your child in the ways of the Lord, therefore, you did not have a home that was godly, so therefore, you can no longer be a pastor. And this man was in tears when I spoke to him, simply because of the misunderstanding of this verse. It was used as a point of discrimination. The pulpit commentary gives us a better insight into what this verse actually means. The Hebrew literally is, initiate a child in accordance with his way. That is in the heart of every child, there is a shape, there is a God bent that exists. So when the Word of God says, train up a child in the way he should go or she should go, what it's actually referring to is the spiritual composition that actually exists in the child. The Word of God is saying, fuel that composition, fuel that gift mix, fuel that gift, fuel that call. It's not talking about whether the child serves God or not in the future. It's talking about their spiritual gift mix. The Amplified puts it this way, and it says, train up a child in the way he should go and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. We're training our children. We're developing our children according to their bent. And Zechariah 
and Elizabeth had a conviction of the spiritual composition of this child. His name would be called John. Parents, you have a beautiful gift from God this Christmas. It's called your children. You have an opportunity this Christmas to speak into the heart of your children, to fuel the spiritual composition, to declare the blessing and the favour of God over their lives according to their bent. Number two, synchronise with your child's shape. The word synchronise simply means to correspond, to act in accordance, to harmonise. We've already spoken about this a bit this morning in realising this composition that exists in the heart of our children. We have an opportunity as parents to fuel it, to encourage it and to speak life to it. In Luke chapter 1 verse 18 in the message it says, Zachariah said to the angel, do you expect me to believe this? I am or I'm an old man and my wife is an old woman. So when the angel came and delivered this news to Zachariah, he's looked at the circumstance and realised, well, time has kind of passed. There's no way we're going to have a child and realised, well, in fact, this is actually impossible. Now watch what happens in Luke chapter 1, verse 20. It says, the angel said to him, but now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled, excuse me, at the proper time, at the Kairos time. This was divine moment from God. Watch this. The Holy Spirit gives us a master clue. Because this is part of the Christmas narrative, ladies and gentlemen. The Holy Spirit gives us a master clue on how to connect with our children. We come into sync with the purposes of God, with the words that we speak. Zechariah said, how can this be? What did the angel do? The angel muted him. When you are out of sync with your child's destiny, the strength of your words are muted. Zacharias could not speak because God said, I will not allow you to speak death to my purposes. Mums and dads, what a great gift we have from God in our children. With all the nights that you stay awake, the odd trouble here and there, the friendship group that you hope and praying may change, Difficulty that you have in why do you leave one sock in that part of the house and another sock in that part of the house and everything else that goes with it. We get frustrated, we get angry, but can I just remind you, one day that was you. You were that person. I'm just pointing out the spot on my back. What spot? What are you talking about? I can't see it. (laughs) Hey, we've all been there. But thank God for mums and dads who continue to speak life and who continue to speak the blessing of God over our children in sync with their destiny. 
Luke chapter 1, verse 62 says, So they made a sign to his father and what he would have him called. We read this earlier. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. The beautiful thing about this story is that you had a community of people who were trying to pull mum and dad in a certain direction. Hey, why don't you skip youth group this Friday? It's not that important. Hey, why don't you skip church, not bring your kids to kids ministry for the next couple of weeks? It's, it's not really that important. Hey, um, being in the house of God, it's not that important. Let's go on the boat for the next 10 Sundays, 12 Sundays, while it's summertime. It's not, come on, kids' church is not that important. That's exactly what Zachariah and Elizabeth experienced. They had a community of people saying, pull the child in a certain direction. We believe his name shall be called Zachariah. But thank God for parents who had an unswerving conviction about the name of their child. His name is John. The Christmas story with all the shepherds and the star and the gifts that were brought and of course the greatest gift given, which is the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. But nestled in the narrative, is the story of an ordinary mum and dad who chose conviction over convenience. This Christmas, mum and dad, it's an opportunity for us to exercise conviction over convenience. His name is John. The child may be running wild. The child may be keeping you up at night. Often those kind of, you know, children who are bursting with energy and should have taken up WWE wrestling at some point in their career. It's just a sign there's a leadership gift that's actually there. There's something strong on the inside of them, ready to burst out in the purposes of God. Nestled in it all, ordinary mum and dad who have a conviction. When we come to this Christmas season, parents, can we remember our children? Can we remember the gift of God that's in their heart, on their lives? Can we remember how special they are to us? How unique and wonderful they actually are in the goodness of our God? Can we remember this Christmas what God actually put in our hearts for their future. For us as a family, Alison and I, if I could have uh, the keyboard player, that'd be great. We, We love our kids. We love Tori with all of our heart. Uh, We would do anything for our children. Amen, mums and dads. That was a very half-hearted amen there. Someone's like, I need to think about that for a second. You do anything for your children. Why? You love them. You love them with all your heart. But can I encourage you? 
as we come into this busy, crazy season and Christmas parties and work commitments and everything else that goes with it and events that you have to go to and so on and so on. When you're seated around the TV, I was going to say the dinner table, but we'll say the TV, (laughs) and you're watching The Grinch (laughs) and you're watching Home Alone, (laughs) can I encourage you to remember the gift that God has given to you in your kids. They're beautiful. They're special. His name is John. Watch verse 64. As soon as he wrote that and said his name is John, immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loose and he spoke praising God. When we come into sync with the purposes of God and we begin to speak life over our children, what once were words that didn't penetrate the heart now become words that birth something deep and special in the heart of that child. When we come into agreement with God's plan, and we're willing to speak His blessing, there's favour, there's joy, and there's life. The other day, I'll finish with this story. I had a proud dad moment. Can I tell you what it is? Proud dad moment. Wade was at school. Alison and I uh, had the opportunity together to pick him up. And they do this class at school called leadership. And so uh, <laughs> Wade imitates the teacher's accent. Um, he's, um, it's very funny, actually. It's, it's really cool. And um, they were talking about heroes and what makes a person a hero. And they had to describe someone that was a hero to them. Kind of went around this group and eventually it came to to Wade and and um, Wade says, oh, and I had to think about what I was going to say because I wanted to do a really good one. So we're like, so what did you say? And he said, I said to the teacher and to the class, my hero is my dad. And I'm like, I'm like, what? So I'm kind of driving, <laughs> keeping my eyes on the road. <laughs> Mums and dads, your work is never in vain. Never, ever in vain. The truth is, Wade would probably speak to his mum much more in that emotional capacity than he does to his dad. But on that one day, just those simple words, man, my heart was touched. Thank you, Jesus, with a grateful heart. Driving along, Thankful for our youth ministry. Thankful for for all our youth leaders. Thankful for Horizon Kids. Thankful for the family of God. Thankful for Alison. Thankful for our family. Church, parents, spiritual parents, grandparents, your work is not in vain. In Jesus' Name. Stay with our conviction. 
stay with our call. His name is John. So Father, I thank You today. Musos and singers, you can come. Thank You for every parent. Thank You for every grandparent. Some who feel like they're a failure. Some who feel as though they don't always get it right. Some who feel as though, man, if I could go back in time and do it all over again, this is what I would do different. I speak to that today and I say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. You did the best that you possibly could. Well done, my good and faithful servant. So I speak against the spirit of condemnation today. And I say to you in your spirit today, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I speak life and I speak blessing over you in Jesus' wonderful, wonderful Name. Parents, we don't always get it right. We wish there were certain things we could have done different. But I wanna say to you that heaven is cheering you on. Heaven is applauding you. Well done for everything you've done. In a moment, I'm gonna hand it back to Pastor Allison, and we're gonna bring our service to a close. But in the midst of all the busyness, I know I've said it a couple of times, but I just wanna say it one more time. Remember the story of an ordinary mum and dad who chose conviction over convenience. There are also people that are here today, perhaps you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal friend. You know, people search for their identity. They search for all kinds of things that give them fulfilment, that tells them who they are. The the world is, is littered with it. How do I know myself? Who am I? You never truly know yourself until you know your Creator, until you know your Maker. And in this story, the creator of the universe named a child, told him his destiny. You'll never truly know your destiny and who you are until you know Jesus as your personal friend. Let the maker name you, not other people, not circumstance, not what a million other opinions say about who you should or shouldn't be. Let the maker of the universe, name you. I'll give you a sneak preview. Number one, He loves you so much. You're His beautiful child that He created. He cares about you. He has a great plan and a purpose. He has something in store for your future. Come into sync with your neighbour today. Stop searching to find out who you are in other things. Let the Maker of the universe define you so that you can truly know who you are and be satisfied in Him. This is what we're gonna do. In a moment, I'm gonna ask us to bow our heads and close our eyes. The reason why, it's a way of praying. It's a way of concentrating on God and His goodness. It's a way of having a moment of privacy to allow God to touch your heart. So if we could just bow our heads and close our eyes and I'm gonna pray a prayer. It's a simple prayer that invites Jesus Christ to come into our lives as our 
Lord and Saviour. And I'm gonna ask everybody in the auditorium to repeat this after me. Come on, if you're praying this for the first time, or maybe you did a long time ago, but you've moved away from the love of God, but this Christmas, you're coming home. Why don't you say this after me? Dear Jesus Christ, I believe in You. Come into my heart and be my Saviour. I receive Your forgiveness, Your love and complete acceptance. I'm now set free from my past. I'm now a child of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never prayed that prayer before, you did a long time ago, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand. The reason why, I wanna see who you are. I wanna pray for you this morning. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you're reconnecting with the love of God, would you be able to lift up your hand nice and high so I can see who you are? Once you've put it up, you can put it straight back down. Here we go. One, two, three. I'd love to pray for you this morning. So good. God bless you. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? I'd love the opportunity. God bless you. I see your hand as well. Thank you for your bravery. Is there anyone else? I'd love to pray for you this morning in Jesus' wonderful Name. Come on, that's a couple of people already. I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. So Father, I thank You for those who've raised their hand today. Lord, I thank You for a new beginning. Thank You that in this Christmas season, that Lord, You're blessing them, You're changing them. I thank You that the Word of God says, if any of us be in Christ, we are new creations. All things have passed away. All things have become new. We thank You for it in Jesus' wonderful Name. Amen. Can we give those who raised their hand a great clap of encouragement? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.